Hello, my sweet friends. I feel so fortunate that you're joining me for season two of the Failing Awesomely podcast. My hope is that you can find encouragement while listening to my personal stories of overcoming life's obstacles, whether you're chasing big dreams or just trying to make it through the day as a mama of little ones. I'm excited to bring my friends along to inspire you with their stories as well. Let's empower one another to stop selling ourselves short, stop the negative self-talk, and focus on what makes us awesome, because we all are. We are all fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God, and it's time we start believing that. My sweet friends, this week's episode is quite a treat. If you're new here, I'm Lindsay Garcia, your host, and today I have the privilege of introducing to you our guest, Dr. Tiffany Tajiri, or Dr. Tiffany as she likes to be called. As a psychologist and U.S. Air Force veteran from El Paso, Texas, Dr. Tiffany shares with us how she blends God and science into a therapeutic practice she developed herself called Rhythm Restoration. This helps her clients align their flesh, soul, and spirit so that they can live life to the fullest in relationship with the Lord, with less anxiety, and with more peace and healing. We did our own little session, our own rhythm restoration session during the interview, and it blew my mind, y'all. She is also the author of the book, Peace After Combat, Healing the Spiritual and Psychological Wounds of War, which comes out this summer. So please give the warmest welcome to our guest, Dr. Tiffany. Say what you want, all I hear is Dr. Tiffany, thank you for being here, my new friend. I appreciate it so much for coming on the show and, and being a part of this. You and I connected somewhat recently in the last few months on Instagram, but I quickly knew that you looked familiar or sounded familiar. Something about you was familiar. And David was like, I know her. I, I went to high school with her. That's my friend. And I was like, <laughs> oh, cool. Divine connections, right? Yes. It is wild and crazy and awesome. So tell us a little bit of how you know David. You guys had a class together in high school? Yes. I think it was advanced biology. <laughs> and so we had a class. It was just a few of us because a bunch of us were nerds together. I think maybe about five or six of us were actually in the class together. So we would, you know, do the things that kids do. We'd look at each other's work and make sure it was okay <laughs> and accurate. We'd study together as a team. We collectively got through the class together. Um, we all took the AP exam. So that was fun. But uh, no, he was wonderful. He's definitely an incredible spirit. You two are blessed to have found one another. Amen, I do remember yes. he got this big old tattoo on his back of a Mustang <laughs> when he entered SMU and he was totally stoked about it. So everybody took turns in the class, like putting the cream on his back so that it wouldn't like, I don't know, just... <laughs> 
burst his skin or whatnot. That but it was fun. Hilarious. It was good times. You gotta love those adolescent years when your frontal lobe is not developed. <laughs> yes, I know. And I love hearing those stories about my husband because it's it's so funny to share your life with somebody who you only knew at a certain point in adulthood on. And hearing all those stories of him growing up or as a kid, or you know, I obviously he still has that tattoo, so I know of that tattoo, but it's just so funny to hear that story. And I'm just so glad that, that we connected and you were so amazing and, and were really uplifting to me kind of at the, at the end of my cancer journey. And I mean, I'm still in it, I'm doing hormone therapy. So technically I'm still in the journey, but end of the really hard stuff. And, um, you just have this, this beautiful insight to, the way the Lord works as he has worked in you. And I've just loved talking to you. You have been a psychologist for, I think you said 13 years now. Yeah. Right. So I would love to hear about that story of how you, what, what made you decide, Oh, I'm going to be a psychologist and, and kind of how that intertwined because you are also in the military and I think I speak for everybody when I say, thank you so much for your service. Thank you for everything that you are in this world. You are such a bright light girl. And I I would just love to hear a little bit about your story. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was a little girl, I think I was probably in the eighth grade, I did this science project and I didn't know what to do. And I finally decided, oh, I'm going to work on the brain. And I literally had a science project that said, which way right or left. And it was giving little assessments to people of all ages, different genders, of course, different career fields and deciding if they were more of a right hemisphere, creative type person or left hemisphere analytic person. So from the beginning, even since the science fair, I've always had a fascination with human behavior and the functioning of the brain. I didn't know what I wanted to do exactly with it. I wanted to become a doctor, but I didn't know much about being a psychologist or a psychiatrist or a social worker, whatever behavioral health professional there is out there. But as I do with everything, I allowed God to lead the way. And I pray all the time and surrender it to him to guide me on the path that he wants for me. Now, I know there were times where I may have felt disappointed because I didn't get into the graduate school programs that I wanted to get into, or times where I felt, you know, I thought I was going to be an MD, like a real doctor, but no, I decided to become a doctor of psychology, you know, which is a different pathway. And I thought that there were times where I may have disappointed people or went in a direction that just was unanticipated, but, you know, God had let the way the entire time, even when it was a challenge to say, Hey, I don't want to go to medical school. I just, I don't think it's right for me. It was bold to say that to my mom, who was really invested in me becoming an MD because we talked about it since I was a little girl. And so when I came out and told her about that, she, she was okay. She said, you know what? You got to follow your heart and follow God. Cause he's going to guide you through the path. And so he did. And, you know, just on his timing with everything, I didn't get to graduate school. I didn't get accepted. I got accepted the first time around to one program, super competitive for getting your doctorate in psychology. And I didn't like the program. So I had to be true to myself and take a year off of school and then finally get everything together. But God has this miraculous way, even though I thought I felt like a failure taking that one year off because I'm super driven and super type A personality, a little OCD-ish when it comes to academia. (laughs) I felt really terrible, but you know, God has this incredible way of moving in us. 
he actually provided a scholarship for me that had I been in school, I wouldn't have gotten it. I had to like sit down and do the paperwork, have the time to do it. It was like 30 pages I had to write and it ended up paying for my entire graduate school career. Wow. Had I got accepted right away, I wouldn't have had that opportunity. So God is just so good. You know, he turns beauty for ashes in all circumstances. Um, we talked a little bit about how I wanted to become a rock star. I'm sure we'll, we'll tap that little line later on. Yes, please. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. And then I went to graduate school in Atlanta, Georgia, um, worked on master's degree and then the, the doctoral degree, uh, defended dissertation. And then I decided, you know what, God, where do you want me next? I just, I don't know. I think there's more calling for me here. And he ended up pushing me towards the military. I wouldn't have expected it. I thought, you know, I would consider joining the military for free education, but I didn't need any free education because he had already provided with a scholarship. But little did I know that he had a path for me working in the military. And eventually as I exited the military, because I was a captain in the Air Force, it was a major select at the time. And then I decided, you know what? Want to work on family life. I want to be a civilian. You know, I'm true to my astrological sign. I'm a cancer. I'm a real homebody. So I really wanted to create <laughs> environment and lay down roots. And so that's what I did. And it led to a whole other journey from publishing to all sorts of grand stuff because God is good. I know. And I, I can't wait to, to tap into all that. Um, I want to talk about the book a little bit. You, you wrote a book and correct me if I'm wrong, but is it called peace after combat? Yeah. It's peace after combat, healing the spiritual and psychological wounds of war. How, so obviously you having been in the military and now you serve talking to, to people who have come back from war, um, tell us about why you wanted to write the book and why, why it was your mission to go a step further and write this book from your experience and pulling from your experience. Yeah. Great question. So I'm going to go backpedal just a little bit. So you have some context. So I've always loved writing. I don't know, back in the day when the Hunger Games, was it Suzanne Young who wrote the Hunger Games? And then there was another one, Divergent, I think it was Veronica Roth. All those like dystopian fictions were like out of this world. It's like, I'm going to be a dystopian fiction author. I'm so excited. (laughs) So I wrote my own books. I wrote a few books and they were epic fails. I got rejection (laughs) after rejection after rejection from literary agents. Like, yeah, this topic's covered too much dystopian fiction. We're sick of it. So not so much. And so it's like, God, you know, you really poured into my heart and I'm waking up every morning at what we call the military zero dark 30, which is like 4.30 AM to write. And I was like, Lord, oh, this is so frustrating. I guess this was just a dream of the flesh and not a dream inspired by you. Like, I'm so confused. So, all right, life goes on pause. I lick my wounds and we move forward. Uh, And so then I end up going, um, doing my, my psychology work as a psychologist. Obviously, I got out of the military, became a civilian. Um, and then I thought, you know, what's the next level? It was to get a supervisory position. I got that supervisory position. And I was like, what's the next level? Board certification. Okay, board certification. We got board certification. And I kind of like maxed kind of the totem pole as a psychologist in my career field. I was like, oh, there's more, there's more. You know, he puts this urge in you and you're yearning to, to take it to the next level. And, and you just, sometimes you just don't know until you pray about it and you gotta be really quiet. So the spirit can override the flesh, right? And the soul, right? The spirit can speak. And so finally, you know, being a mom and working full-time, being exhausted, I was there bathing my son one night 
And I remember vividly washing his hair. And then all of a sudden, ding, the light came on and the Lord parted the clouds in the Red Sea for me. And was like, daughter, every day you are talking to your soldiers about where I am in war, where I am in combat, essentially. Every day you're trying to get your soldiers back to me because they say there's no atheist in a foxhole, but when they come back, they feel extremely traumatized. There's a lot of hurt and pain and suffering. You know, they see the deaths of children, right? And they see sometimes, you know, they have to end the life of a child who's approaching them in a suicide death. It's either their whole crew or it's that child. And they say, where is God, doc? Where is God? So it has always been my goal to help them understand that God's there in the midst of all of it, that it goes beyond the life of this flesh. It goes into the eternal life, that God was with them. Even in that difficult moment, God was with that child. They say, well, well, where was God? And I tell them the biggest part of that book is helping them understand that God created mankind for a relationship, a relationship of love, right? And the precursor to love is free will. And I tell my soldiers, you know what? God's never going to take your free will away. He's not going to take your free will away. He's not going to take the free will of the enemy away. They're going to do bad things. They're going to act in selfishness. They're going to be vessels essentially of the enemy, right? Yeah. And so I have to tell them, it's not God who willed the death of that child. You know, God didn't put the suicide vest on them. It wasn't them. And, and, you know, you were in a tough situation. You had to make a call, but irregardless, God's with that child. They have the eternal life. And, you know, and we have to help them find that healing, that corrective emotional experience, understanding that God's a good God. Every precious gift comes from the father of lights, right? That he's not the author of destruction, not the author of evil. He is love. God is love. Love is God. I give them the basic algorithms. I say, Hey, if it's not love, it's not from God. Yeah. So let's assess this. God is on your side. He was with you in combat. He goes before you. He secures the victory with you. You know, he knows everybody's heart and everybody's intention. And so as I was sitting there, I was, I guess I had been washing my son's hair and, and just realizing, you know, this is what I talked to a soldier about. And this is all I talked to my soldiers about so many of them. Like, that's what I meant it to. Originally, the book was entitled, um, Where is God in War? It's evolved with publishing house and, and whatnot. But then I knew, because I put just, in, when you write nonfiction, because this is a nonfiction book, you don't have to have the book written. Essentially, you just have a proposal and you send out the proposal to literary agents and the agents are the ones that get you the publishing deals, but they first have to accept you. And, you know, I had received brutal rejection after brutal rejection. I, I, I kid you not, probably hundreds. Oh, <laughs> so I reluctantly pressed send to like about a dozen agents and I got eight or nine offers after the first three to four hours I put that out. Oh my goodness. And I said, if that doesn't say <laughs> this was God's message, I don't know what does. Wow. I know. And then I was like, God, which one do I pick? And then like, literally I prayed and, and then a message came in from one of the agents that said, I'm an Air Force veteran. And I was like, oh, so cool. And she's so the bomb.com, my agent. And then she got me. And then, you know, over time we had to find book deals and get to a publishing house. And I got a lot of rejections at publishing houses because a lot of people thought, oh, you know, she's a little too outlandish as a female, or she doesn't fit this role. She's not as, you know, as conservative as we'd want her to be. Mm. 
And so that was breaking a lot of molds, but finally God found me. I said, at the, he always finds us at the end of our ropes, girl, at the oh. end of the rope. Like when you are at the end, you know, it's like when they run out of wine, when Jesus runs out of wine, when they're at that wedding, they all run out. He produces more, but you have to be at the end. And I was at the end. I said, all right, agent, <laughs> like, I'm just going to self-publish this. This has been going on for like a year and a half now. And I don't have a, a book deal and I'm done with the book now. So <laughs> She was like, okay, wait, hold on. But then David C. Cook, the publishing house came along and they're the largest non-denominational Christian publisher in the world. Yeah. And they accepted my book and they have been the most amazing publishing house and they'll be coming out in July of this year. But it, it's, it's been a roller coaster, ups and downs, but oh, the growth that comes through the process, the patience, like I tell my patients, no pun intended, I tell my patients that our patience is like a muscle. We have to exercise it. And you're not going to get better at being patient unless you exercise your patience. So oh. definitely a task in exercising patience, but God always provides. He does. Amen. And that is such a cool story of just following, being patient with God and following God's will and and how perseverance paid off. I mean, you just trusted the Lord and he provided, and that's just a perfect story for that. But what a journey girl. And let's dive back a little bit because this is too good not to, not to tell the people about, but before you even went through the journey of becoming a psychologist and we're in the military, you actually pursued a singing career, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can do it all, girlfriend. <laughs> You're so sweet. Just like you. Look who's talking. <laughs> Jack of all trades, right? And so, um, yeah, I did pursue a singing career. My mom was a legit rock star, incredible voice on several albums and whatnot, and had a lot of connections here in the local area for El Paso, where I'm located. And uh, she encouraged me to do it. I played electric violin, had my own band. I had uh, Tim Pierce as my guitarist, Michael Jackson's guitarist. That's so cool. You know, black or you white. You are kidding. <laughs> wow. And, and, I, and I said to God, I said, hey, Lord, you know, this is what I want um, to be a rock star like Avril Lavigne and Alanis Morissette. It was so angsty and cool at the time. <laughs> and I said, if I'm meant to be a rock star, Lord, you know, please make a way, you know, before I graduate from college. And if I'm not meant to be, I will know that I'm supposed to be a doctor. So we know how that turned out. <laughs> rock star, doctor. Hey, you can still rock on and be Dr. Tiffany. That is fine. And you have this, you have this awesome YouTube channel, which you have so many videos and I, I have watched a lot of them. I haven't, I haven't watched them all. I'm working my, I'm working my way and you just give, um, so many amazing messages, um, clinically and, um, spiritually, scripturally. And that's what I love about your platform. What exactly is your handle on YouTube? I want to make sure that people know and get that right. Yes. I think I am under Dr. Tiffany. I just have my YouTube channel. I kind of just did my YouTube channel, just gather an opportunity to give information to my patients because they forget about it. And I want to reinforce it. And also they have spouses. So I want them to also understand what they're going through. Cause there's some videos that are way back in the day. Wow. Isn't it funny watching yourself? Like for three years ago, you're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it was right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> you're so judgmental. Oh my God. That's yes. 
voice. I can't believe I'm doing that therapist voice on YouTube. That's so embarrassing, but it's okay. I leave them up there because it's the truth. It's authentic. And one day I'm sure I'll do a YouTube video making fun of myself. But (laughs) I love um, the opportunity to show families what my patients are going through, what overcoming trauma looks like, how we overcome insomnia, what we do to rescript nightmares. Um, But I also try to keep scripture you know, the biblical word, the ultimate truth. And I have this kind of mentality that we have two major truths in our lives and they have to be in absolute alignment with one another. If they're not in alignment, we get anxiety. And Mm -hmm. the first truth is knowing God's truth for us, who we are in Christ, right? That we are more than conquerors, that he who is in me is greater than he who's in the world. That he's going to take us from victory to victory and glory to glory and all things that he loves us, that we are forgiven, all these good, amazing affirmations that are in scripture. That's who we are. And that's the truth that God loves you, that he's not the author of bad things. But the second truth is truly understanding who you are and what your truth is. You know, if you've been hurt by certain experiences, if you've hurt others, it's kind of this really authentic inventory of yourself, knowing that even if you've hurt others or you've been hurt by others, recovery is there. Forgiveness is there. And the best part of it is God loves to give you grace. That's his undeserved, unearned, unmerited favor in all things. And it's just overwhelming. So when you understand those two truths, you're real with yourself and you're real and understanding who God is, you can walk in a path that provides peace you know in the bible it says be anxious for nothing but through prayer petition and thanksgiving make all requests known to god and he will be peace that transcends all understanding through christ jesus yes sometimes i have to repeat that verse all the (laughs) time because i have for me i have been experiencing and i've shared this on my social media and actually my my um one of my latest episodes i talk about my experience with anxiety and kind of what I'm going through because it's stalled a lot of my progress and things that I want to accomplish. For me, it's, there's, I think I said this in my episode, I know that I know that I know that God is for me, that God has healed me, that God has brought me on the other side of cancer. But there is this part of the equation where in my flesh, I say, what the hell just happened last year? Mm -hmm. Like, It was almost, you know, I I have a a girlfriend of mine, we talk about it, uh, the way we describe it is while we were going through treatment, we were like David Mm -hmm. and we were going to conquer Goliath and we did, but then we came back from the war and we're like, whoa, you know, when, when you're in the fight, you're all about the fight and it's all about surviving the next day and going and, and doing what you have to do to be healed, to be better, to conquer the cancer, to conquer the evil that is going on inside your body. And when that's all over, it's like, hold on. How did, number one, how did I get through that? Which I know I got through it because of the Lord, but what now? Like, you know, it, there's this, there's this overwhelming sense of what now, what, how, how do I, how do I go about life just being grateful and thankful? Because in, in a lot of ways I am, I'm, I'm almost thankful that I got cancer because of all the blessings that God has shown me through it. But in my human flesh, I'm not able to stay there. You, do you know what I mean? Like I'm the, the enemy likes to creep in like, well, what if there's a recurrence? Well, 
what, you know, what are you going to do with your life now? Like God's healed you from cancer, you know, like you're not worth that, you know? So the enemy likes to throw all that at me. And then I start worrying about anything and everything else that go, that goes on in the world. And all of a sudden I just stop. I just become like a blank face and I just, I, I can't handle anything. <laughs> stop right there. And can I give you some reflection on that? Absolutely. I would love that. So I think it's so important for you to be able to understand that we are created in God's image in a myriad of ways from being creators to having dominion that he's given us. And one of the ways is that we're also broken down into trifecta. And so many times I hear you referring to the word the flesh and the flesh is so, it's, it's so obnoxious, the flesh. Oh, so yeah. we have our trifecta. So let me break it down. So there's the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, right? That is the Lord. He is absolute and utter perfection, love, and true light. But then there's us, <laughs> the fallible humans, right? And so when you break us down as the trifecta, we are the spirit, the soul, and the flesh, right? So the spirit yep. is our connection to God. It's the strongest Wi-Fi connection. We do it through prayer. We talk to him on a regular basis. You know, God's like my son's imaginary friend. And I'm like, that is awesome. I want to have a walking, talking relationship the way my son talks with God. He looks at the world through this childlike lens of awe and wonder. And we lose that, you know, we lose that because of the world's experiences, because of suffering, you know, and I always tell people Jesus wasn't immune to the suffering either. So he knows that's why he came to us is to be able to relate. So we have that spirit and it's our connection to him. The second part is, is actually the soul. The soul is accountable for another three parts. It's our thoughts, our emotions, and our behaviors, mm -hmm. right? So your soul is actually where your free will resides. It's where you're making the decisions is what makes you uniquely you. It's the frontal lobe of your brain. It's the one that directs how all the brain is going to be wired in a series of neural networks. Are you going to choose life? right? Are you going to hold your thoughts captive to Christ, which is congruent to the spirit? So naturally the soul has to surrender the spirit, right? Or are you listening to the enemy? Are you entertaining him? Him saying, well, what if it comes back? Why are you giving the enemy your ear? Yeah. You should say, shut up. <laughs> I don't want to hear you. You're full of lies. You've lied to us since the beginning of mankind, right? The enemy lied to Adam and Eve saying, hey, take this, eat this. You'll be just like God. Stop. I don't want to hear you enemy. I'm not going to grow that sort of fruit. So then you say, ah, oh, God's given me the abundant life. I have healing. I have restoration. You have to hold those thoughts captive to Christ. Then the third part of that trifecta is going to be the body, right? The body, the flesh. It is just the most obnoxious of all of them because it goes from a degree of extreme pleasure to extreme pain. Mm -hmm. The flesh can crave things, whether it's carnal, and then it can go on the other end where it's pain when you have physical pain, like when you were going through your treatments, you had physical pain and that no doubt affected your soul and your spirit, right? Because when you feel pain, it's hard to feel in touch with the spirit because your thoughts are all jacked up. <laughs> feel or think right. You know, Amen. So yes. Yeah. Is we have to get all three of these in alignment with the spirit. So the body should surrender to the soul and the soul should surrender to the spirit. And what I want to get at here with you, Lindsay, is I think the power of visualization and imagination is critical for you. I really believe one, you went through a traumatic experience when you went through chemo, right? Yeah. And you went through the whole treatment process from learning that you had this diagnosis. 
And so this traumatic experience, your brain needs to process and digest. And one of the things that I like to do with my patients, I've created this form of treatment called rhythm restoration. And we'll talk about that more later on. I'm just going to put that on the side. But one of the key critical components of that is using visualization and imagination. What I would love for you to do when you have the time, when you go on a walk or a run, or if you just have the time to meditate and and tap, we'll talk about bilateral stimulation and how important that is. I think you talked a little bit about that in one of your podcasts on anxiety. Yes. A walking meditation. That's because Mm -hmm. bilateral stimulation is key. It's really key in processing, but it would be super effective if you would consider from the beginning of your trauma, beginning of that hurt to visualize how God was with you, Hmm. right? How he was with you, how he had his arms around you during this time, how, you know, when you were throwing up, he was holding back your hair, just visualizing how God was in every aspect, how he was orchestrating divine connections on your behalf. He's not the author of this. We live in an imperfect world. Our bodies are imperfect, but he's going to provide and make a way. Right. When you were able to see that and you're able to then reflect on all the things in your past that you've been through and how God has been there through all recovery, then you start having trust. Then, you know, your future is secure. That's Mm -hmm. when you do the Ephesians 3.20 type of imagination. Now it's imagination that focuses on kingdom imagination. It's not carnal imagination. It's not like, Hey, I want to be a millionaire. I want to wear bling bling. It's not that kind of thing. (laughs) Having a, a kingdom imagination that serves the purpose of God. And in that is abundance, in that is joy, in that is peace. It transcends all goodness and understanding, right? So with that, you have this kingdom imagination and you visualize yourself, Lindsay, singing again. You Mm -hmm. visualize yourself speaking to the masses because you are very anointed to do that. I see you on your Instagram, like, girl, she's got it. She's got a message and people are just (laughs) loving it. They're eating it up. People want this. Their souls are hungry for it because it speaks to their spirit, something that they're neglecting. So visualize yourself doing all these things. Visualize yourself being super mom, super (laughs) wife, you know, super sister, you know, super daughter, all of the things that you do, you're artistic, you have dancing ability, you have singing ability. See that, see that come to fruition and God will work that in you. And when you're doing that with your imagination, you're laying down healthy, adaptive neural networks in your brain. They're brand new neural networks. Now you can't keep laying down the same old, get you nowhere, Satan and spiral neural networks. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. I should be shameful. Shame on me for this. Shame on me for that. No, 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 no. Don't keep reinforcing them. The more you reinforce them, that becomes your automatic way of thinking. We got to reinforce the adaptive neural networks of I can be, I am this, I am good. I am who God has called me to be. And you reinforce that with imagination of what you want. Oh, I have wild imaginations of the people I want to help and, and the vast majority that I want to reach out and affect. You know, I, I'm thinking big. I'm thinking big and bigger and biggest because yes. God can multiply that way and you have to be able to visualize it. You know, I think back in popular time, like pop culture, they talk a lot about the secret. I don't know if you've ever heard the book, yes. The Secret. Yeah, I remember that. Proverbs, girl, you reap what you sow, right? It's the laws of attraction is what they call it. You know, you sow good seed, it's going to reap. You're going to reap a good harvest. If you put Jesus at the center of what you're sowing, you're going to reap what he sowed. And that's yeah. abundance and goodness. You know, it's, it's, it's not rocket science, but this is basis from Proverbs that somebody was trying to Hollywoodize, you know? Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Yeah, girl, you know, I, um, I will just, I'll be vulnerable and, and, and share with the listeners when you and I had a conversation a few weeks ago, I was trying not to lose it 
on the phone because you just, you spoke to me in such a way that I just, I needed to hear just like you just did. And even now I'm like holding back tears because <laughs> I just, I, I'm so grateful for you and, and, and thank you for sharing that with me. And really as, as you're describing these visualizations, I just keep going back to, and I, I think this, you, you kind of described this before I almost felt I, I went back to, to like a childlike state. Mm-hmm. That's what I was thinking of. Um, Cause imagination is not just for children, but when I was a little girl, what, how you were describing, I, how my thoughts should be, that's how I was. Right. In fact, I probably was like that until I had children, oddly enough, until I had children, I had this super imaginative, childlike mindset. And then I had kids and you would think, and I I thought so too. I thought when I have kids, I am going to be able to use this imagination and creativity to intertwine that with my relationship with my children. But all of a sudden the worry of being a mom set in and Mm -hmm. it was like that part of me started to go away just, just a, a little bit. I'm not saying I lost it entirely, you know, but it, it started to become less and less of, of who I, I was. And, and you talking about this and, and, and making me realize some, some, some great tools that I need to do to co- combat my anxiety. It, um, it just, it, it makes me feel like I want to get back there. I want to get back to that part of me. You know, I've grown so much and I've gone through so much and, and God used every piece of suffering that came into my world only for good. And I'm so grateful for that. But now I want to get back to, okay, who was that Lindsay that believed and trusted that everything was going to always be okay because of the Lord? You know, I, I want to get back there. So thank you so much for sharing that with me because I would have never, never thought in, in, in my wildest dreams, I w- would I have thought, oh yeah, visualization, like visualizing, you know, big picture dreams from, from the Lord and, and fully trusting in him completely. And um, yeah, that's awesome. Let's, let's talk about that rhythm restoration though. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cause you mentioned that the last time we spoke and I was so interested. We didn't get to really talk in depth about it. So if you could, for our listeners, explain what that is and, um, and go from there. Absolutely. For the sake of time, I'm going to give you the high level overview of what rhythm restoration is, it is a form of treatment that I created. It brings God and science together. Oh, shocker. You can't say God and science in the same sentence, doc. Yes, I can. God created. <laughs> As a series of neurochemical, biochemical reactions, you are science. God used science to create you. So, you know, science is one of his many miracles, one of his many tools in making things happen, right? So it combines the two of those. So number one, rhythm. Rhythm is used to help regulate the autonomic nervous system. So the first thing you ever heard when you were in your mother's womb was her heartbeat. So Mm -hmm. you developed to a rhythm. You notice people who are nervous or anxious are always tapping their foot trying to regulate their anxiety. The second part is bilateral stimulation. So bilateral stimulation is triggering both hemispheres of the brain. 
right? Usually if somebody's dealing with a trauma, we're trying to bring it out of the amygdala, which is the fear center of their brain, out of their limbic system to the frontal lobe, and then processing and digesting it so we can put it back in the hippocampus in the long-term memory. But bilateral stimulation is a process that helps us to psychologically digest experiences more quickly and more readily. All right. So that's when you go on a walk or a run, you notice your brain going a million miles an hour because your brain loves bilateral stimulation. When you're sleeping, you do run. That's rapid eye movement. And that's when your eyes are moving back and forth in your head, right? It's a subconscious process that your brain engages. But what we want to do is bring it to the conscious awareness because it's way more powerful that way. Okay. So that's bilateral stimulation. And the last part is truly visualization and imagination. And The idea is that our brain is so powerful, it lays down new neural networks when we use our imagination. There was once this crazy research study where there's one cohort of individuals who did abs and squats, another cohort that imagined doing abs and squats, and then a third cohort that was just kind of like this placebo effect. And in the end, the two cohorts, one that imagined and actually did it, had significant clinical results. So basically, Mm -hmm. the bottom line here is imagination can still produce. Now, naturally, the clinical significant difference between the two was the ones who actually did it had the most gain in muscle mass index, right? But the ones who imagined it had some gains enough to be significant when compared to the isolated cohort that didn't do anything in return. So there is so much science behind imagination and we just fail to use it. One of the analogies I like to think about is imagination is like God's projector. He is the light and what he's doing is projecting light into your mind and putting a visual out there for you. There are so many times in rhythm restoration when I work with my combat veterans, they've lost somebody in war, right? You know, they get hit by an IED. They have this twisted form of guilt that's just not helping them to, uh, to recover and move forward. But let's say they lost one of their battle buddies. So what I do with them is rhythm restoration where I have them visualize that person in heaven and have a dialogue conversation with them. And when they see them in heaven, they see them whole, right? They're not missing any of the limbs that they were missing. They're not in that painful, you know, just terrible last moment of their life. They're in heaven. They're doing the things that they love. And then they are able to talk to them in heaven in their imagination and say, Hey, I'm so sorry that this and this. And what's so beautiful is that every time those visualizations happen, the person who is deceased in their, in their image of them is telling them, Hey, it's not your fault. Don't stress, have peace. I'm good. I'm at peace. I just want you to have peace. So it really brings closure in a myriad of assets in our life, whether it's from a traumatic childhood experiences to combat trauma, but sometimes I don't just use it to work on the past. I also use it to work on future, right? Mm-hmm. For you, I'd start doing some visualizations, you know, um, on seeing what you want to manifest. Those are, are the things of your heart that God has placed in your heart. You know, he always brings everything to completion. And so, yes, rhythm restoration is a simple process. Very easy. Um, All you really have to do is just tap. Like I do the butterfly hug. You can probably see me because you're on Zoom right now and you see me through the screen, but I'm just butterfly tapping, right? And you can just tap on your lap, right and left. It's important to do that right and left bilateral stimulation. That's important. And so I will give you a prompt and you would essentially visualize it. I mean, you want to just try it right now? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. I would love to. I would love to. Yes. We'll do, we'll do a little shorter, but um, what I'm going to do is just get it in your tapping motion, right and left, just feel your tapping. And if you feel comfortable, just go ahead and close your eyes. You know, listeners join me. Why not? It'll obviously, if you're driving, don't do it, <laughs> but if you can't, anybody but like, drivers, I know. <laughs> All right. So that's the Jesus take the wheel moment, right? <laughs> I to keep going with the jokes. So you're tapping. All right. We're going to breathe in. We're going to focus and center on our breathing. 
Now I want you to do, I'm gonna bring the visualization to mind and I'm gonna let you roll with it for about 30 seconds. And then I'm gonna bring you out of it and ask you what you notice, Lindsay. Okay. So right now I want you to visualize God placing this crown of life on your head. You know, in the Bible, he states that the crown that we have, we have five different verses in the Bible that state all different kinds of crowns from the crown of life, crown of righteousness. I can't remember them all, but you know, he gives us this crown because we are joint heirs to the throne with Jesus because he, God sees us on the level of Jesus because he who is in me is greater than he who's in the world. So this crown is getting ready to be placed on your head, Lindsay. So whenever you're ready, I just want you to fall into the rhythm and visualize that crown that Jesus has for you. Notice what it looks like in all its detail and its magnificence. Notice what it feels like. All right, take a deep breath in. Then let it go, come back to the present moment. What did you notice? Wow, um, that was super cool. <laughs> I, the cr so visually speaking, the crown had a veil actually attached to it that he parted and oh said, you have seen me you know me, let me do the work. <laughs> Whoa, I'm like in tears. Yeah. So um, awesome. Me too. Wow. Uh, okay, you created something very cool. <laughs> no, 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 God did. And you're just- Yes, he did. That's true. Yes, the right. Lord did through you. So thank you, Lord, for doing that. Oh my gosh, girlfriend. Guys, if you are listening, you need to try this. I hope you did it too. And and anybody who's listening, if you if you did this while while you're listening with us, um, please share with me with us uh, what your experience was. Because wow, that was super cool. Thank you, girl. Um, yeah, I saw a new crown. I did mine too, and I I felt the a holy. I had a holy spirit crown. It was very iridescent and very almost like a vapor around me. Oh, and that cool. feels, it was really cool. It wasn't one that I've experienced before, but the reason I, I ask you to visualize that crown is because that's who God created you to be. You may have different crowns for different situations, but your crown is something that you should carry with pride, knowing that God is inside of you and you have the strength to conquer through him. That's exactly what he just did. Yeah. <laughs> so, he's good all the time, right? Yeah. Oh man. Hey, I, I don't want to keep you on here too long, but first I, I want to know where we can find you. So our listeners know where to find you. And also if you could just talk a little tiny bit about your podcast coming up and when we'll be able to listen to it. Yes. Oh, I'm such a procrastinator, Lindsay. You know, I, I spent all this time. You're so sweet to highlighting, you know, all the good things I've done, but I'm also have a lot of weaknesses too. And there have been times where I don't listen to God. So I'm just being vulnerable. Like we're not perfect here. So just because I'm a doctor and psychologist doesn't mean I got it together. I, there's a lot of parts of my life that I don't. Um, so that's one of them, but I mean, it's not like a huge thing, but there's other things too. I just don't want this false perception of everything just fall, falls into place for me. And I listen to God for everything. And I, and I have for the most part, but there have been times where I haven't. 
either. So that's just on an aside, I guess it's that guilty conscience that's like piercing through. <laughs> I have to be authentic, right, Lindsay? I love it. I love your authenticity <laughs> and you, you're, you're human and you're authentic and you are the greatest sister in Christ. I'm, I'm so fortunate for you, but you have a name for the podcast. Yes. It's got your six. So it's going to be with one of my girlfriends. She's an amazing sister in Christ too. Um, her name's Dr. Christina Seymour. And she works with veterans. She works with the VAs and I work with active duty military. And our goal together is to, to do a podcast that helps our military families, veterans. And I think it's just going to be kind of stuff like we're talking about now. It's generalizable to anyone. I'm hoping that we can have really cool interviews with all sorts of people who have had military careers, you know, spouses of military, just to bring that support. And it's called got your six. So in the military, got your six means I have your back. So it's like thinking of it like clock says I got your six. So that will be coming out. I would say in the next six weeks, because I got to learn all the tech stuff. And I'm just really not so inclined with tech as you <laughs> learned when we first got onto the zoom meeting, you did it so quick though. You had it. And if you have any questions, you can always hit, hit up your girl right here. I got you. I don't know at all, but I know some things. <laughs> and I am waiting for my website to come out. It will be drtiffanytajiri.com. That is up and running. My book will be out peace after combat healing the spiritual and psychological wounds of war on the 1st of July. You can get it everywhere. Barnes and Nobles, christianbook.com, Amazon, you name it. It's basically in most of those marketplaces. There'll also be an audio book. I'll be recording that here in San Diego very soon. Super Wonderful. excited about that. But you can also find me on YouTube under Dr. Tiffany. I also have Dr. Tiffany Tajiri on Instagram where I post short videos and just my goofy self. <laughs> and you're amazing. So I will link all of that in the show notes, including can you pre order your book yet? Yes, you can pre order. I yes, thought so. Can. So I will. Yep. I will have a link to that as well. Dr. Tiffany. You are a breath of fresh, fresh air. You are salt and light girl. And I am just, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you so much for being on the show. And I just, I'm going to have to have you back before your book comes out, before you get too busy, because we need to do it's this too again. much fun together. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. You're a blessing sister, a blessing. Absolutely. And keep using yourself as a vessel because people are listening and you are giving the soul food that they need through Christ. So amen to that. And I pray for that prosperity going forward. Thank you, hon. Thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend it with me. If you enjoyed the show, it would be such an honor and a blessing if you would subscribe to Failing Awesomely and leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I encourage you to dive into this week's show notes to watch some of Dr. Tiffany's amazing and resourceful videos on her YouTube channel and pre-order her book on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. If you learned as much as I did this week, I would love it if you would share the show with a friend. Guys, go out into the world today and spread God's love and light. Be well. Be awesome.